Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Hello and welcome to Captive Audience, a film and TV podcast. I'm your host, Edwin Janes, and today I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Sean Roney and Alex Ward, to talk about Saltburn. Saltburn released in November of 2023 and has caused a bit of a stir online and on social media for a few reasons and some noteworthy scenes that we'll dive into on the pod. This is the first in what we're calling our Now Playing series, which are shorter episodes on movies and TV that catch our attention or are the subject of a lot of conversation. And they'll come out as those release dates and pop culture conversations dictate. Saltburn is a perfect example of this, because as soon as I finished watching it, I immediately texted Sean and Alex asking, have you guys seen this? Saltburn is available to watch on Prime Video, so go and watch it and then check back for our reaction and conversation. Having seen this movie, Sean, Alex, what did you think? Lordy, Lordy, Jacob, Lordy. What a hottie. <laughs> Sean, I'm secretly hoping you're, you're going to start every reaction with what you had to Terminator with every movie we go. This movie made me want a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this movie made me want a gun. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, yeah, what about you, Alex? I... I watched it last night. I've had time to sleep on it and think about it. And the more time that's going by, the less I like it. Oh, I've started. I still think it was great. I had a great time watching it. But I'm like, yeah, the more I think about it, the cheaper it starts to feel. Mm. Um, Even though it was really fun to watch. As I was watching it, I was strapped in totally along for the ride. And yeah, I think, Alex, I, I had a similar feeling. Like once it ended, I was like, huh. It's a little thin, but we can get into that. I, I yeah. think it was also a lot of fun, and maybe the things that that I might be critical of in this podcast aren't really important to why this movie is good. Um, yeah, that's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. Yes, I feel like the window dressing on this movie too. It's sort of the way it's in four three ratio, the kind of just general look feel to it. It's it wants to be this prestige movie, or at least feels like it, but it just isn't at all. It's it's really like kind of a dirtbag movie. <laughs> All that is to say, it, it is not without its incredible shocking moments and its incredible filmmaking at, at some level. Um, but as far, like, yeah, the more I think about it, I'm like, this is already feeling, feeling, th- yeah, thin. That was the right word. Well, I mean, I, I, I will say I really like this movie. I And granted, I've had uh, a few days now, almost a week, I think, since I've seen it. And for me... You know, as we were getting ready to record, I wasn't excited about the prospect of maybe watching it again, but uh, yeah. I, I, I was excited to talk about it. I think, you know, I've, for context, uh, I knew very little about this movie going in, and I thought another reason that I was excited to talk about it is that uh, the premise of this podcast a lot of times is when you feel sort of um, like you need to watch a movie or you've got to watch a movie for some reason or another, we make each other Someone's watch these movies, etc. Yeah. And, you know, for me, this was, I, I was hanging out with my cousins. It was New Year's Day. We were tired. We were sitting around. We were just going to hang out and watch a movie. And one of my cousins said, uh, hey, I was recommended these two movies, The Creator on Hulu, which I still haven't seen, and then 
uh, Saltburn. We watched the trailers and I was like, all right, cool. Let's watch Saltburn. It's fine. Um, and because on the surface, the premise of this movie, at least is given in a log line, which is Barry makes friends. No, not Barry. Um, Oliver <laughs> makes friends yeah, with Felix yeah. and gets invited to his summer estate. That's kind of the like only thing you can say at the beginning. That sounds super boring to me. So I was not that excited. Right. <laughs> and then I watched the trailer. Um, and like I felt like uh, it was it's also in this time when you watch a lot of movies. Sorry, I'm kind of rambling. But uh, I went to this movie with no expectations. I had a really good time. Uh, it was fun. Like it was a fun ride. And then also uh, yes. I kind of liked maybe and you you called it thin i don't think that's um incorrect but i kind of liked that there wasn't a lot of deeper meaning to it yeah yeah uh well i, I real quick about saltburn it was uh, written and directed by emerald fennel uh who is uh, maybe a name you've heard because you saw um promising young woman which was a uh, a very popular movie and actually was up for uh, best picture when it came out. Um, it, do you ever do you ever see that movie? Promising I haven't Young seen it, Woman, no. st- starring uh, I think it's Carrie Mulligan. Um, Who's in that this movie as well? A, yes, that's right. I didn't recognize her as Pamela, yeah, yeah. but um, that is a really good movie. Uh, maybe also kind of deals with a little bit of like a th- a thin some some plot hole issues sort of thing, but kind of again maybe not really the point it's it's a it's a it's a fun movie and kind of like an allegory in a way um and uh i i think that uh and of course yeah this movie movie just came out and it's kind of like a tiktok sensation uh, i see that's that's where i see the most discourse about it <laughs> yeah i can admittedly yeah. uh i can see why this is a very polarizing movie and a very shocking movie a lot of the uh sort of tiktok bite-sized content i've seen has been about people watching it with their families <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's almost like they made this movie with very conscious of how it would be discussed, how it would be shared well, on social media. It was released, I, I believe, theatrically it was released on November 17th, but it re- hit Amazon Prime, I think, on the 22nd of December, which is, yeah. like I mentioned, this sort of prime time, at least for me in my experience of watching movies, where it's the holidays, you're at home, you're with family, that time between Christmas and New Year's. It's very, very uh, common to be hanging out with the family on a day when maybe you don't have plans being like, let's let's watch something. And and uh, I think Saltburn is, is like a movie that a lot of people ended up choosing. Yeah. Uh, it, it's also uh, starring uh, Barry Keoghan, uh, who um, was in, uh, let's see. I mean, he was at the end. Of, he's going to be in the next Batman movie. He's going to be the Joker. And she's um, in a Sheeran. Banshee's Dunkirk, killing oh, yeah. the sacred deer. Yeah, yeah. I did. I did. Somebody did a TikTok where they were like, "Anytime Barry Keoghan is playing a skeevy little nerd, uh, you know it's going to be a good movie." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, it's funny. I did recently watch. I'm actually. I had to stop halfway through the Killing of a Sacred Deer, but I was like halfway through that movie, and it feels like a prequel to Saltburn, or like Barry. <laughs> it's like Barry Keoghan's doing the exact. It's the same thing. Interesting. Um, interesting. I also. Just happened to about two months ago, I saw the talented Mr. Ripley for the first time. So I think part of my like viewing of it was having seen that other movie so recently and how similar, how crazy similar this movie is to that. Mm. It it felt like it it did feel like a bit of a um, just like a cheaper knockoff. Not that it was it was worse, like in terms of how it was made. It just like it's let's do that. But what if there was way more shocking sex? Um, and it's way less subtle because like this movie is, was really heavy handed at times in a way that was distracting to me. Um, so yeah, that, that was sort of my main like 
detraction of this movie. Now, I got to say, though, I really had a good time watching with my <laughs> wife. We were It was shocking. It was all that. There was just some of it felt so unearned and some of it felt really forced. But I ultimately, I don't think it totally matters. Like, it, it was a fun ride. It was super fun. Uh, of course, this movie is also starring Jacob Elordi, who's kind of like a sensation uh, as well uh, from Euphoria. And mm-hmm. uh, earlier this year, Priscilla, he's Elvis Presley, uh, which was also a great. I really liked him in that. Uh, oh. do, you, do you guys watch Euphoria? No, I haven't seen it. I'm embarrassed to say. No, I also have not seen it. <laughs> oh, man. Seen it. Uh, we got to save stuff for the pod. you know? <laughs> Well, I, I, I'm a fan of Euphoria and... Um, uh, Jacob Lordy also in that is um, sensational. Yeah. What a hunk. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, I think just around those two guys kind of also, there was a lot of hype around this movie. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think, uh, I think that being all that being said, we can, we can get into yeah. uh, Saltburn and, and what it's all about. I think this movie succeeds in what it tries to do. Right. I mean, it, like it is a very viscerally, it's compelling. You can't look away from like this whole movie. And it starts right away with like the fact that it's square. It's not the widescreen. Um, Ann and I were watching on a DVD. Um, and we were like, <laughs> I don't think this is how it's supposed to be. And we restarted and we were like, is something wrong with the settings? And then I should like, have oh, mentioned just... that to you because, yeah, I, I have a I have a, a screener uh, for this movie. And it uh, when I first per- put it in, I was like, I was like, oh, no, something's wrong. <laughs> it's like they had DVD player. They don't. They I'm missing the edges of the anymore. movie. <laughs> that should have been your first sign that something was up with Oliver. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's I, I, I brought up the talented Mr. Ripley comparison. But yeah, what we have here is a sort of kind of loner, someone who feel is sort of an outcast, someone on the outside. And we so, we only really get to know Oliver through this lens of, of this boarding school uh, or boarding school. It's Oxford, basically a freshman year of college. He's moving there um, and he's kind of immediately seen as this outcast. There's some pretty heavy, you know, high school movie vibes going on of like, are, would everyone in college just really be making fun of him like that right away? Right. <laughs> Calling right. him names, like yeah. <laughs> all that stuff. Um, Do the other but, people I mean, really it, call him names or is it just that? Well, there was there's that Mike, girl, right? That kid. That girl says something. Um, uh, you know, uh, Felix, who's played by Jacob Elordi. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Felix is like, you know, seeing some girl uh-huh. and she says something directly to Barry Kogan that's like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I can't remember. Something about the clothes he's wearing. Really mean. Uh, and, then, that's right. <laughs> and then Barry, and then uh, Oliver, played by Barry, is uh, standing outside of uh, Felix's window later watching them have sex. Uh, and he overhears her say that too. No one wants to sit next to Oliver. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's like right. so mean, yeah, and That's like, right. uh, and Farley's, I mean, they, they share a tutor or professor, yeah, I also, those scenes with him and Farley. In I the, didn't totally understand what that was about. I don't know if that's like an Oxford thing or a, a British thing, but yeah, mm-hmm. they have to like they're kind of in these sessions, uh, these sort yeah. of two on one sessions. Um, so he's paired up with uh, Farley, who's um, uh, you know. Farley is uh, American, um, apparently. Cigarettes. Yeah, He's the adopted apparently. cousin of of Felix and Venetia. Right. Um, 
and and his mother went to Oxford and this pro- there's also you know there's kind of a seed planting here of like mm-hmm. the professor that they're talking to you know he's like oh i remember your mother and farley's like oh great i'll tell her you know i'll mention you and he's like oh please don't i was like an admirer from afar which is sort of yeah. what oliver becomes for felix mm-hmm. yeah we we are the structure right away is like many movies have done this where it starts with him talking in an unknown location to an unknown person, almost looking back on what has happened. So the movie I wrote down, the movie starts with a trailer for itself. I, I kind of do think, well, I don't know. I, I think it serves a purpose because it gives you something to cut to. There's a bit of a dramatic reveal. There's a bit of, um, maybe you guys are more sophisticated viewers than I am, but I did go along for the ride and I did find the ending to be a bit of a twist. Uh, maybe you guys saw it coming, uh, but um, I did enjoy I that sort of not. shock and reveal. Hmm? Yeah, mm. I definitely did not see the ending coming. Yeah. Um, oh, really? Oh, okay. Maybe. Well, maybe, maybe Again, like as it as it got closer, but but um, yeah. But anyways, back to so at, at the university. Yeah, there's also like uh, his friend who's very good at maths um, and uh, has trouble controlling the volume of his voice. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> give me a fucking sum. Uh, is also like, you know, oh, every, everybody's invited to this party except for you and I. That's also a very high school thing uh, that mm-hmm. feels like. He um, seems way more in, concerned with telling Oliver that he's not popular than actually trying to be a friend. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. He's not yeah. a good friend. One of those friends <laughs> you're just like, guy. I don't actually really like him that much, but right. he's so, the only yeah. person who hangs <laughs> yeah. out with me. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's like obviously uh, uh, Oliver was going to dump you as soon as he could, which he does when um, – uh, finally, uh, he sees Felix on the side of the of the road with a, a bike with a flat tire, <laughs> which has just crippled uh, Felix, I guess. I, I mean, I would imagine, you know, Felix can push this bike, but he just gives up <laughs> he's just sitting there. <laughs> well, he says it's like, too it's too far, like he's going to miss his class or something. Like sure, it's going to okay. take a really long time to get wherever he he's got to go. OK, yeah, that makes sense. But, but uh, yes, but, agreed. Uh, he, he, that, as Oliver is left to push the bike, I'm, yes, you could move it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so Oliver gives him his bike. All of a sudden, they're fast friends. Um, there's also a part where, you know, uh, uh, Felix helps. Uh, Oliver buy some shots for a bunch of people so that they don't know he's poor. Um, and then we kind of get like a whole montage uh, where quickly Oliver is becoming cool, right? He was like a total yes. nerd before. I love, I love glasses. this friendship montage. I did. I <laughs> it did was a good one. It. Yeah. It looks like it fun. really good. Um, it also made me, uh, you know, uh, like a few other parts of this movie uh, reminiscent for uh, 2006. Oh my god! <laughs> With the MGMT. Let's talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, the music, the period music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, considering now that is a uh, oh, you know well over a decade uh, old. Yeah. Here, here it really brought here, me back. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Here is a question for you: What? Why was it set in 2006? Like, why was that important? Why did it need to be? Was it just great for question, the music? Sean? <laughs> I had some issues with that question, and <laughs> it, again, it felt just like. I, the whole time I was like, I hope, I hope there's a reason this is in 2006, or why, why is it set here? Other well, than, other than se- we can dust off these insane classic songs. Well, you just need separation because. between the now and the then at the end of the movie. You need a break. Make, okay, sure. Like, I mean, I, I, yes. I, I don't know how much yeah, time okay. passed. I guess, yeah, yeah. I mean, enough time that he dies of 
some cause. I don't feel like it's ever implied that I don't know. If, I don't know if Oliver does something to kill Sir James, but yeah, I think th- I, I thought it was I thought it was suicide from the dad because mm-hmm. the mom says that comment. And I'm surprised it took him so long. Ah, uh, yeah, mm. and that's I, terrible. That's <laughs> terrible, and I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if he. I'm. I don't know if he had some kind of role in that psychological torture of him to make him do that, but that was that was what I read it, and I don't know how much time actually passed. I mean, there was like an I, insert I, in the paper years, as probably. well. Yeah. Mm. So there's, it's yeah. possible that it was more clearly communicated. And I just don't remember, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so so yeah. Uh, Felix uh, is um, they're they're, be- they're best friends, but f- like Felix kind of starts to sour on uh, Oliver. You know, he like you know tells him that his room is messy and stuff like that, and I don't know, like maybe Felix is. I mean, clearly Oliver just, tells Felix that his room is messy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He you. says Sorry. only rich people can afford to be this filthy. Right. Right. Yeah. And uh, and so like and I think that kind of starts this, you know, Felix is getting like bored of Oliver. Uh, so um, until uh, Oliver's dad dies and uh, this kind of like <laughs> breathes some life into their friendship again. And Felix feels sorry for Oliver. His mm-hmm. parents are drug addicts and and. And, uh, you know, he had this terrible childhood and he can't go back this summer. And uh, that, of course, leads to, you know, Felix inviting him to Saltburn, his family's estate. That's kind of the f- the first act of the movie is yeah. all, all at school. And I want to go back really quick to that. The bike scene with the flat tire. Mm-hmm. I thought that scene was really, really good for some of the character building, uh, especially with Felix. Like. I, he was so perfectly cast. He was so perfect for this role because, like, in that scene with the bikes, and he's like, he's like, Oliver, that's so kind, that's so kind. Like, I <laughs> really, really believed him. I really yeah. believe Felix. He's, yeah. I think he's like, I, I feel like we've all met, we've all, we all knew a Felix in college. Just the guy who's like, God, he's just like, he's good looking. Everyone loves him. He's so nice. He's so cool. Yeah. Like. You just meet these people in your life, and I thought that was conveyed really, really well. And I totally believe Felix. I believe that he was genuinely moved by Oscar or by uh, um, Oliver. Oliver, and like I, I believed it because they had they needed a reason. Like, why would this guy and Oliver become really good friends? He gives him um, that tender little kiss on the helmet. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "I love you, I love you, I love you," and it's he's literally saying the things that mm-hmm. that I don't even know if Oliver. It's like, does he want to be loved? I don't know exactly, but but whatever he whatever he needs, Felix is supplying it in like uncut cocaine amounts, uh, right to Oliver's brain, and he yeah. just chemically is just obsessed with Felix right away. Well, and something from the trailer, and you know, like I said, I watched the trailer right before I watched this, watched the movie. But something from the trailer and something from the early parts of the movie is, I think, like we're supposed to kind of see. Oliver is being swept up in the sort of magnetism of not just Felix, but the family and the estate and the wealth and the yes. like, um, like opulence of everything that is there. And that like, he's supposed to be drawn in, uh, what is it? Duncan who says people get lost in Saltburn. And so like, you, you think that he's the one who's getting Duncan. like, they do a great job with like Felix's sort of overreaction, let's say, um, even if he's like that, that is uh, a genuine feeling. It is like a pretty strong response. Um, and like it's 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 a it's a important element to have that reaction um, be that strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shout out to Duncan, all time Butler. I love Duncan. He was so <laughs> creepy. He was so stoic. He was almost magical. Like, yeah, I thought we were of... going to get a little more Duncan. <laughs> I, I was a little. I wanted a. I wanted Duncan to like 
maybe discover what was going on. I would have loved to have seen a Duncan Oliver confrontation scene because Duncan is the only character that seems to have some sort of beat on what Oliver might be up to. Um, Yes. Yeah. And the whole movie was building towards that. And then Mm -hmm. it just, nope. Anyway, anything else from the first act from school? uh, Just that, I mean, there's kind of this thing that's established too that like, Felix's family uh, writes the name of someone dead on a rock rock. and throws it into the water. Mm -hmm. Uh, And when Oliver goes to do this for his dad, uh, the rock doesn't land in the water. It lands in like a pile of vomit. And so I'm glad. So that's the other thing is like this movie has a lot of strong recurrent images. And one of the big ones or one of the big ones is vomit. Like we see when mm-hmm. Oliver wakes up after that, I think uh, that night he finds out his dad is dead or he tells Felix that his dad is dead. Like there's this really long shot of like a sink that has been thrown up into um, right. like it comes right. and not he to hooks up with that girl. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Chugging alcohol, yeah. And not to spoil things later, but vomit comes up again and again. There is this element of like ingesting way too much and overindulgence and then it coming back and there's like kind of this like sickness, like the inside that comes out. I thought that was a really strong image. And then also, I mean, the image of um, like mirrors and looking through the windows, looking through like Oliver's sort of voyeurism or spying or whatever it is. Like there's a lot of mirrors and reflections that get brought up time and time again. Speaking of that, that girl he hooks up with. (laughs) <laughs> the way she asks him, do you have alcohol? It's like the most <laughs> freshman college question of all time. Because you remember when you thought of alcohol as just, is it alcoholic or not? I don't care what it is. Like, do you guys have alcohol at your place? Um, <laughs> we've, we've thankfully grown out of that. But I, I just chuckled with that line. It was like, God, people used to just, that's all you cared about. That's all people asked. Yeah, and not alcohol. to uh, not to belabor small details. Sorry to keep um, jumping here. But like, there is that element where uh, the the one guy is talking to one of the girls. There are those two girls, and one of the guys says, "It's DJ Shadow or DJ Premier. I don't remember which oh, one he yeah, says. Yeah. Right. And uh, and DJ then Shadow, Oliver, yeah. Oliver says to Felix, "Do you want to pick one of these girls or something like that and get going?" And he that's like it like it comes so easy for him that like everything yeah. is just a matter of like like life comes to him in such an easy way. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah, so finally we get to Saltburn, which is just like this incredible uh, estate. It's, I mean, it's essentially like a castle. Uh, and oh, uh, I'm so sorry. The thing that the reason I brought up that scene was because yeah. the two guys say at the end, get yourself a name in a fuck off castle. And then mm. you can, you know, have the same thing. And so that's, that's, yeah. that was the reason that I brought up that scene because you <laughs> yeah. need the name in the fuck off <laughs> castle to like have the, yeah. Yes. I do. I did like when. He's done talking to Oliver at that party, and he just turns around to that girl, and he's like, "Let's go." And that guy's yeah. like, "I've been chirping her for an hour." <laughs> that's the scene. That is that's the exact scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I just yeah, like, I've been talking to her for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but at Saltburn, Felix uh, shows Oliver around, shows him uh, the room that he's going to stay in. They're going to share a bathroom. That's very important. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we kind of meet the rest of uh, Felix's family, who uh, all seem you know, sort of eccentric, rich, uh, you know, a little, in the a little toxic. Yeah. Uh, Cause right. Our very first introduction to the family is they're all talking kind of shit about Oliver and, you know, Oh, you know, his parents are drug dealers and, you know, it's awful, awful, uh, you know, and then it's like, Oh, Oliver. Hello. Oh, come in. Um, uh, give us a little Billy. <laughs> I'll Mac. never get a little over Billy Mac Sean. voice. Come on, Sean, a little Billy Mac. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas shit. Um, 
but uh but yeah i mean that's really quickly it's kind of just established that like i don't know these these people are kind of like a little bit petty you know as soon as pamela uh gets up and walks out they just start talking shit about her immediately she's kind of mm-hmm. overstayed her welcome um so it's it's established pretty quickly that like these people are maybe tough to get in with, you know, even if you're yeah. a guest in their home. Uh, well, it also, it also seems like they kind of collect people or like keep right. people around as sort because of Farley's also fun. staying there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, Farley's kind of in or halfway in, but Pamela, or I believe Venetia says to Oliver, you're much, I like you a lot more than the last one. You know, which uh, I yeah. thought was also going to be a little bit more, you know, like yeah. it was going to come back at some point. Who was yeah. the guy last year? But I get the sense it was like, all right, Felix, you know, has a friends that burn bright for a few months. This happens a lot. I feel like with with guys like Felix or people like Felix. And so he's brought someone before. But it, it does have a vibe of I don't know what what's the movie where like, well, there's the dinner for schmucks, but there's a more classic movie where like mm-hmm. people bring. Like all the rich people, you know, they all bring a poor friend to a dinner and right. like yeah. make fun of him. But the thing is, in this one, when he's walking into the the library, which by the way, I got a the the I know I said I didn't like this movie, and now I'm going to talk about all these things I loved. But the the tour that Felix gives Oliver is was such an amazing scene because it's yeah. the most opulent, incredible house, and Felix is so casual this is the blue room this is the map room uh, over here's this he goes at one point he goes like this there's granny's room love you granny Mwah. and he like does this little and you're like that was probably their grandmother was probably some royal person like right but to him it's just he's he's giving a tour like it's an apartment he's just like here's the bathroom here's the kitchen yeah and then but it's this incredible place and then it all like i just loved it in this massive estate the whole family is in a pretty normal sized like living room watching <laughs> they crammed super into bad, a little room. super bad yeah, on a yeah. kind of regular sized TV while Farley's on his laptop and you're like the money like they don't even they don't even it's not even a thing to them they're yeah. just doing whatever and like they they are talking openly about Oliver and he's right outside the room and even when he comes in they don't like scramble to cover it up they're like hey we were just talking about you like they're not even like they just don't give a fuck they have so much money that they yeah Yeah. it's like we can just just be assholes and it's like what (laughs) what are you gonna do hate us then you can leave look at what we have i'm really glad you brought up that tour scene because it's one of my favorite shots in the whole movie is it's kind of this long shot that goes i guess you would call it vertically like he walks in a straight line kind of through these all rooms here's the blue room here's the green room here's this here's that and the camera you're desperate focus, for widescreen. <laughs> yeah, the, the, well, the camera focus stays super tight, and as a viewer, you want to see yeah. what else is going on in the house. You want to look around. Yeah. It's taking you yeah. through it, and like you can't see the expanded view. And then you're not just to, looking not, at Felix, and yeah. not to um, and and not to get ahead of the ending of the movie. But the last scene in the movie is a complete flip. He goes backwards through yeah. that same hallway, yes. and uh, yes. is literally dancing through the tour. But yeah, yes, yep. Uh, I, yeah, just love that. Love that whole scene. That was a great introduction to the family. Um, yeah, and you get the sense that yeah, they just bring just for their own entertainment. You know, everyone brings someone. We'll see how they do. Uh, but boy, oh boy, did Felix bring the wrong person this year? Um, 
I, I don't know how you know much we want to walk through exactly what happened. Yeah, in the movie. I don't. Think I am. Need to, I am realizing yeah. at this point that like we have not mentioned <laughs> maybe some of the things that are make this movie kind of notorious, uh, which is the bathtub scene, um, mm-hmm. which uh, is what I knew about the movie before going into it, is that there was a bathtub scene or there was a drain scene. And I saw, you know, Ugh. some comment that was like, you know, guzzling or something like that. So I was aware that something was going to happen with a bathtub and maybe with, you know, drinking something. Um, and, uh, I wanted to know what you guys thought of. Look, we're just going to jump ahead to this part since we've, you know, presumably we if you've, right if you're at the top. Presumably, if you're listening to this podcast, you've also seen this movie. Um, and if sure. not, you should go watch it because this is kind of where we get into spoilery territory or spoiler territory. Yeah. So consider yourself warned, yeah. um, not just for spoilers, but also for the drama of this scene. <laughs> it is a it is a visceral, I guess, to say the least. Um, but it was very shocking, and I will say, uh, watching it with my cousins, it was kind of funny because they're the people that they're people that kind of react loudly to movies. So together, we were watching the living room. Oh. oh. <laughs> Same, dude. Yeah. Watching him yeah. go, Anne and uh, I were him. freaking yeah. out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, and slur the slurping. It's just, mm-hmm. it was. Whew. It's like things ha- aren't going great for Oliver. Maybe he's not totally like you know finding his footing here. You know, Farley's there, who's kind of like his nemesis in a way, and he's sort of like, you know, got the upper hand. And and then one night, uh. Felix is taking a bath. Oliver is spying on him and and realizes that Felix is uh, having a wank in the bathtub, as as having a wank <laughs> as the yeah as the British would say. Uh, and uh, <laughs> as the <laughs> tub water is draining out, uh, Barry Keoghan in a close up puts his face into the last little bits of uh tub water as it as it swirls down the drain and he just slurps it up and then uh fully God, rims stomach's the drain turning again yeah. <laughs> saying, yeah it's almost worse when you describe it i didn't think it was that bad to be honest i was a little bit like that's it i thought it was that bad <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah i was like that's it I mean, it's uh, funny the the way that yeah. knowing things about these movies and these scenes can kind of play with your expectations and your reactions, you know? Because um, yeah, I had no yeah. idea that was coming. <laughs> I, it's I mean, the, they're they're just like this is where the craft of the film was really good when she's like, you you know that he just busted a nut in that water, and then they kind of show it, just kind of murky water, and you're just like, it's there. If that if he just drank the bath water, if like he just watched him get out of the bath, and that was that, I. It wouldn't have been that, but it's just the fact that like why he's doing it. And and this is where the movie kind of started to turn for me because we've seen at this point, we'd seen Oliver obviously watching through a window a couple times at yeah. Felix and we know he's creepy. We know he's an outcast, but like this just felt like there was no ramp up to this. It was just all of a sudden he's, he's slurping come water like it just kind of came out of nowhere and it was really harsh and it was just like whoa like wh- i thought oliver was like this nerdy kid and now he's this he's just very very it's a very different line than watching some like watching through windows uh as, a, as like a horny college freshman this is like just took a big turn and and it it just it just felt like no ramp up there was no indication this was coming i think that's what they wanted but it just didn't I didn't love it, even though it was shocking. I think the effect was 
successful uh, as I watched it. It's the first of three shocking scenes in this movie, noteworthy scenes in this movie. Yep. Um, it's also, yeah, it's also the beginning of Oliver's character starts to shift after this point. Uh, Very he, quickly. He yeah. starts to become like, we haven't seen him be manipulative at, up until now. And then really fast, he turns it on. Um, well, I think I think maybe, and granted, I, maybe I'm misremembering the order of, things that happen, but I think we have seen him be manipulative. We just didn't know it. So when he's talking about the, that is true when he's, um, I don't know exactly when, um, he gets Farley in trouble, but these things all start to kind of happen together or, uh, in order, I guess. Um, Right. Everything's been manipulated. He's, he's kind of, yeah, yeah, he's like getting himself in. And I guess the only thing I'd say is like, I feel like with his character, it's like, you don't know until you know. Right. And like there yeah. isn't a I don't know what the middle ground is between watching through the window and that, you know, to let us know that uh, something more uh, shocking is coming. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the next mani- like big, I think, manipulative thing you see is um, uh, may- maybe I and again, I am maybe misremembering the order of events, but he is talking to Elsbeth, uh, which is mm-hmm. Felix's mom. And she's very open <laughs> and is like basically saying, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, you know, I've, you know, I'm a very sexual person. I used to be, you know, I used to be a lesbian. I, I find women far too wet. Uh, men are so lovely and dry. And um, which, you know, t- you know, would would certainly be like a TMI moment for for some somebody like timid, poor, little Oliver. Uh, but instead, he's like, "Oh, it must be hard for Venetia. You know, her mom is so hot, like, and stuff like that." And it's like, "Well, this is a little out of character for from what we've seen so yeah. far." Right. Um, and uh, and then, of course, later uh, she reveals, "Oh, yeah, Venetia has a you know an eating disorder," and then you know Venetia is sort of like the you know the sister. She's been like going out and smoking at night under under Oliver's window and so he just goes out there and starts talking with her and then turns it on and says like you're going to start like they they start making out and he's like you're going to start you're going to eat you're going to keep your food down um uh although I'm going to eat you and she's like no it's my time of the month and he's like that's okay I'm a vampire and uh there is uh blood <laughs> there's a lot like a lot a lot of period blood in this uh in this make out session um and uh that is the second shocking scene of, of the movie what was your guys mm-hmm. reaction to this what was your family's reaction to this edwin uh, i should mention that my family they're they're my age and they're <laughs> so it's not like um, yeah. you're not, it's not like yeah, exactly. Uh, and but no, they were similarly shocked as as I was uh, shocked and disturbed by you know everything that happened. I, to tell you the truth, I was really worried that he was going to stick his fingers further down her throat because he talked about doing that to his mom. We know that was a lie, but he talked about doing that because she had an eating disorder as well. I was really worried something like that was going to happen again. Vomiting so, coming up as a yeah, yeah. I just ugh, you know mm-hmm. it, like the whole thing is very <laughs> disturbing. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was uh, what intense. Like I, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Super intense. Yeah, I was watching. Yeah, and, and we, we were just like, no, no, uh, yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, both Venetia, both the mom. I mean, everyone, he starts to sort of boa constrict around them, or he's sort of like psychologically, he starts to control everyone in a way. And she, even Venetia in this scene, 
Uh, we see this with Farley later, where they're both like, it's kind of consensual. They're sort of just confused, and they can't help but like be curious where Oliver's going with this. And it's like, I don't know if they all plan to do this, but Oliver just, like, this is the other part where it's like, all of a sudden, I, he's like this evil Fifty Shades of Grey James Bond dominatrix, like swaggery. Like, it totally. just kind of comes out of nowhere where it's like, all of a sudden, he's this capable. And again, maybe he was putting on an act the whole time, but it just, I don't know. The other thing is he might just, like, from when he's salt burn all the way through the end, he's drunk. Like, I think he's just drunk the whole time, too. <laughs> I think the That's other probably thing, part of it. you mentioned, you know, Oliver's response to, uh, or the bath scene being disproportionate to what we know about Oliver. But then if you think yeah. talk about that, the scene that Sean mentioned with Rosamund Pike, and then also this scene, I think as a viewer, it's like, you know, less and less about Oliver as the movie goes on. Like, mm, totally. we have a yeah, picture yeah. of him as one thing, but like, as time goes yeah. on, like all of his actions, they're, it's hard to say they're out of character. They're just in character with somebody that we have known nothing about, it seems. You know, this person- yeah. Is That's a like, good point. Especially at the end when these crazy things start happening and he has these really cold reactions to them. It's just like, who is this person? We know less and less as time goes on until the very yeah. end when he tells us. The reveal of Oliver kind of having this in him, right? That he can, yeah, like you said, like he's some sort of James Bond dominatrix and can just like sexually manipulate anyone he wants. Like, Cool. That's fine. I get it. Like, you know, we didn't he's not who we thought he was. But why did he even bother talking to that kid who loves maths? Why why wasn't there just a quick little thing of him just like turning to that guy and being like, fuck off? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like that. That's the yeah. type of thing where I, I'm like, it's almost as if it was a di- there's there's almost two main characters with two separate goals, but they're mm-hmm. both Oliver Quick. Mm-hmm. There's Oliver Quick, who's in love with uh, Felix, and that's really all he wants, and he can't have him. He he can't seem to to manipulate Felix into loving him back. And so, you know, in a way, he's just, you know, he's poor little Oliver Quick, who who just wants his crush to like him back. And then there's Oliver Quick, who is like super manipulator, and really his goal is to get Saltburn, the house. Mm-hmm. And we'll or have get, this life just yeah, become right. this yeah. right mm-hmm. he wants to be rich and have this house all to himself and then there's like timid little oliver quick who really just wants uh felix to love him back but isn't the Whoa. point of the movie that or not the point of the movie but like the whole dramatic effect of the movie that it twists at pivots at a big point so like if we knew that oliver was this character from the beginning i think it's so much less effective Knowing that he's trying to, like, if the point, if the movie is that he's this manipulative, hateful, evil character from the beginning, and he wants to worm his way into Saltburn and take it for himself, and he succeeds, like, I think, I don't think that's that interesting, you know, because those characters don't put up much defense. That's like the whole thing. Right. Yeah. No, he I, has I, to start I in some way. Yeah. True. Yeah. And and Barry Keoghan, has, I reading an interview after this, after I watched it, where he sort of, he said he had five different Olivers, and they all mm. have their own way of speaking, mm. of moving physically. Um, and okay. so there's sort of, he plays like, he's like, there were five personalities. And he said he didn't do this as like a crazy method acting way. It was literally because how much they shot out of chronological order, that just for his own mind, mm. he needed to know, at this point in the story, I'm Oliver four. This one, I'm Oliver one. So he sort of like 
that almost sociopathic level of deciding who I'm going to be that day is very reminiscent of like, I think who Oliver is. Um, Cause like you said, Ed, when you're right, like when we get the reveal of like, he's not from a broken home, his parents, his house, everything seems upper, upper, upper middle class, like relatively seemingly normal that all of this is a choice for him that, None of these things he needs. He just wants all of this, and he doesn't care. And he's a top um, scholar. He's like too smart. It seems, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if is that just what he told his mom. I'm like, is he also lied to his parents? Yeah, he's like, I'm on the rowing weird. team. I'm a top scholar. Like mm-hmm. he's not on the rowing team. No way. I think he's lying to everybody. Right. And he was telling all this to his parents mm-hmm. so that he has an excuse for like disappearing when he's like, oh, I have to do all these things. So I, I think he was just lying to his own parents to, to everyone. His whole life, he's been doing it. And that's why no one likes him. <laughs> I mean, he's just a liar. <laughs> so, I mean, I like, think too. Yeah. Like, there's this element of. I mean, okay. If we're gonna move, can we? If we can move to that, what I'm assuming is the third disturbing scene, which is the bathtub yes. conversation, the bathtub scene. You know, he's with Venetia, and uh, yeah, the 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 bathtub scene ends really in a really disturbing way, but. <clears throat> Before it happens, Venetia is talking to Oliver, and she basically describes exactly what he is. He's not a spider. He's not like a. a he's moth. not a. I don't remember what the yeah. other animal she compares him to, but she's like, "You're a moth. Like you're batting yeah. against the window, trying like drawn by shiny things, and like you have to make holes in them to get inside." And you eat us from the inside out. Yeah. yeah, and there's like this element of like when he crosses this sort of threshold with like the bath scene, with the garden chair scene, and then with these yeah. this bathtub scene that like he does these really horrifying things because he's doing that. Like that's part of his like really like horrifying nature is to create these holes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was actually thinking of the grave uh, scene. I was, oh, I was that, thinking of oh, the grave that one. And then then I guess there's another. Yes. <laughs> uh, there, you'll yeah. have to. You might have to remind me why the other one is disturbed. I, uh, I mean, it's just because it's we just get the, the shot of the shot of her dead in the bathtub is really disturbing. Oh, sure, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. The grave scene also, by her. Yeah, which people foreshadowed by her pouring the wine in the glass mm-hmm. as it overflows, mm-hmm. and the oh, like red light in the curtains after yeah. Felix is dead. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So Oliver manipulates, sleeps with Farley, kind of gets him kicked out, also, which is revealed later. Also kind of a disturbing scene. Like, I guess yeah. there's like too many, right? This the, yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, but uh, bizarre. he's kind of found out eventually, right? So after, he, after they go and visit his parents, who are just the loveliest people, and like he has this super loving home, uh, Felix is like, you're a liar. You know, even though we're going to throw you this big birthday party tonight, you know, you can you can come to the birthday party tonight, but then Too after late that, to cancel. Yeah, we're done why. after that. <laughs> um, you know, no one remembers his name at the birthday party, blah, blah, blah. He goes into the maze. He finds Felix making out with some girl like, you know, oh, uh, they're not just making out, my friend. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's Slapping right. Shoes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're they're doing it. And then uh, but uh, in the morning. Felix is found dead in the middle of the maze. 
this is also a really weird scene um, with the, the dad sort of like, you know, not like there's a um, they're kind of all in this weird like denial space. You know, some of them are, are crying. Yeah. The dad is in total sh- like shock denial. or something like that. They it's go and like, have lunch yeah. um, as the coroner is taking uh, his body away. Uh, Farley's feeling his American feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think <laughs> like I think line. too that there's a lot. I mean, we don't need to pour over every detail, but there is a lot that goes on in that birthday scene. Like when they sing the birthday song to him, nobody knows his name. Um, right. He keeps telling Felix that they have to talk, and he doesn't want to talk to him. He runs into Farley, who is wearing the horse's head, and he immediately knows that it's him. Um, Oliver's wearing the antlers, and Felix is wearing the angel wings. It's kind of like the angel and devil. And like, mm-hmm. or the the angel and the beast kind of thing. Like, there's a lot. The beast statue with the heart of the maze. I rolled yeah. my eyes really hard. It's just like, of course they're gonna put them in those, and they're gonna put. Okay, let's put angel wings. Okay, I got it. Let's have it in this maze. Oh, he's a minotaur in the maze. I got it. There's this statue, and you look up later. Of course, the statue. He's the Greek god of whatever, and he convinced his dad to kill himself. You look up all this later. It's just like, <laughs> come on. Like mm. you're gonna put him in that. Like. Let's put horns on him, dude. Let's There's... put angel wings on Felix. Yeah, get it. It's just like ugh. So uh, yeah, I don't know if I don't know if you looked into this stuff uh, much, Edwin. The, the, all the literary references, right, yeah. Midsummer Night's and, Dream, and mythology. And yeah. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, no I, thanks. Alex says no <laughs> to literary references, but he doesn't want to be cynical. <laughs> oh, I'm the worst. Um, yeah, I don't know if uh, I guess those things are just Easter eggs. Really, they're just there if you know yeah. your stuff or if you, you know. This is where like, it felt like this movie is made to know. Like, let's make a movie and let's think about how they're going to talk about it on TikTok. Which you know what? Maybe that's smart. That's just it. Just felt it. It took me out of the movie. Is that's why I I don't mean to be cynical, but it did. I was just like, this feels like it's so people make TikToks. Like, did you know? that these things you'd had no idea and it's just it's like no one's gonna see that statue in the theater and be like hey that's the greek god of this that's the they that greek god he convinced him dad to kill himself like no yeah. one's doing like i get i get that movies do this all the time this is not a unique movie for that but it just it just took me out of the movie a little bit with how openly heavy-handed some of the like the costumes were and that like out the whole birthday party with the maze and everything. It was just, it was a little much, you know, if it took you out of the movie and that's fine. And, uh, you know, maybe again, maybe I'm not as, uh, sophisticated as some of the, the critics or other people that are watching for these kinds of things. But I don't know, to me, it just added a lot of, uh, like it made the movie feel unique or different or detailed yeah. or colored in a way like that. I thought, I don't know if they're not wearing much of anything. I thought it was, it would be less interesting or less fun to watch. I thought the horse's head was super disturbing. So, uh, yeah, that was, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just wonder if it's like it's just you know f- like superficial depth to the movie. You know what I That's mean? That's exactly like, what I felt. It's yeah. not. It doesn't. It, it, like you finish the movie and you're like, like, like I said, like I, when it was over, I was like that felt a little thin. And then people are like, oh, but, but, <laughs> but did you know there's a lot of literary references throughout the movie? It's like, okay, <laughs> like, you know, I, I it doesn't know. add to the story to me. Right. Yeah, it's exactly where. Yeah. Again, I'm coming off this like I perhaps I'm viewing this way too much through my talented Mr. Ripley lens because the whole time it's like this is a remake of that movie, just a slightly different setting. And, and it was for like, those of us who haven't seen Talented Mr. Ripley, yes. it's mm-hmm. a movie about a con man, right? I mean, that's kind of what you're. A, 
and he's trying, but he's trying to get in with wealthy people. It's Matt, Matt Damon. Yeah, Matt Damon yeah. plays a young, charismatic, basically so kind of a sociopath. The same thing. Again, we don't really know it, but he's poor. Meets this rich family. He goes over to Italy. The movie takes place in the nineteen fifties in Italy, and he Jude Law plays uh, Felix basically uh, yeah. in that movie, and. He becomes obsessed. He falls in love with him. He basically spends the whole movie wrestling him away. And then uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman plays Farley, basically. There's a friend character who's the same. They clash. There's a death. I don't... Spoiler alert from Delta Mr. Ripley. (laughs) But there is a similar death. And then they scramble to sort of clean it up. It just... The beats of the movie are really Mm. very, very similar. And it took so many notes throughout this where I was like, that was really heavy handed. I don't think we needed that line of dialogue. Um, (laughs) And I don't think we needed to. I actually don't think we needed to see this. Um, I mean, if we want to get to the end, by the end, I was like, I had assumed he had done all of that. And to me, actually, if you take out the montage where they show him manipulating everything, if they just took that scene out, I would probably like this movie a whole lot more. It just felt cheap to me, um, even though it was it was a little exciting. But excitement can be cheap, cheap thrills. That's what it felt like. Yeah, I I think so. There's a wet blanket. Uh, what did you guys think of? Me? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think just to get to you know, uh, 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 of course, you know, Felix dies, uh, and then the and then this third shocking scene with the grave is you know the the there's fresh dirt on the ground from Felix being buried and uh oliver is standing there alone and he's uh he's very sad and he just starts taking off his clothes and lying down on the grave and then uh starts having sex with the dirt of felix's grave um again i thought this scene and the period scene were a little more shocking than the drain scene that everyone was talking about but It just for me, it's like, okay, so you are saying that he really was in love with this guy. It's just it just it it feels a little muddy, you know, when it's like the guy had intended pun intended (laughs) when when Oliver has. It just feels a little muddy. I don't know. He, you know, he has two things that he really seems to want and especially cutting to the very end of the movie when. Oliver is doing his Hugh Grant and love actually dancing through the castle, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is a, a, a funny coincidence. It's just like, but his, the, you know, the guy he loved died. Like, you know, he can't like, he's, so he's just like super happy go lucky. Now all he really wanted was salt burn. All those people who died, fuck them. Like, you know, I got what I wanted. Well, he did. I, yeah. But, <laughs> he fucked them all. Yeah, he did. But, I mean, I think, well, to me, I think the, well, I think the, the closing sort of piece where he talks about like, did I love him or what? Like I never, I think, okay. Yeah. Apologies if I'm getting this quote wrong, but I think he said, I didn't love him. I hated him. It makes like, I hated all of you. And I think what the movie is kind of getting at or what the, what I took away from that scene is that like love and hate, like they're almost like these, this fine line, like they're such extreme emotions and like they can really ride this fine line, but they both kind of come out of obsession and like all these crazy weird things that he does are born out of this obsession that he doesn't know what to do with. So like when he gets a hold of things, he doesn't know what to do with them because he's been viewing them from so far away. Mm. And so like, I don't think he ever loved Felix. I think he hated him. And like, that was the Mm -hmm. whole thing. Like he wanted to like, 
he's almost like feigning this love. Like he says, like, I'm trying to perform the way you want me to perform kind of thing. And it's like, mm-hmm. he's using love to kind of, I'm, I'm butchering this. I'm sorry, but it's almost like he's, he's like feigning love so that he can commit this hateful act in the end. It seems like that's yeah. kind of the the thing. So it's like, I don't think that he ever loved Felix at all. Like it's this weird. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And again, we're not sure on the timeline. That's how I, that's how I read it. I could be wrong. No, I think that's good. No, I think that's a great, I think that's actually a really good reading of it. Um, Cause, cause yeah, we don't, we're not sure the timeline of like how much time passes between Felix dying and the mom uh, and him yeah. getting the house. We're led, I, I would, you know, we're led to believe she says, Oh, you're all grown up. So I don't know, a few years, maybe, I don't know. And I'm almost wonder if, if he's, he's like, if this breaks this way, great. It might take some time, but you know, I feel like he's almost, I don't know how master planned that side of it was. I think That's, he was yeah. like, I think this could happen if I. Who knows? And I'll keep tabs on the mom, which I think he definitely all that was intentional, obviously mm-hmm. running into her in the coffee shop. But sure. who knows? But you, you're right, Alex. It's not like it's not like he had a plan in place for the last part of it. Right. It's not like we see him active. Like, yeah, there's like he, you know, kind of is, you know, kicked out of the house or by, you know, Sir James or whatever. And uh, and it's it's kind of, he's kind of just lucky in the end that. Elsbeth is like willing to talk to him and is, you know, kind of sees an old friend yeah. in him and, and stuff like that. It, that part that that again was a part that was like, well, it, you know, if he's like a mastermind, like this part of the plan was pretty. Uh, he's like, OK, and then I got a 25 percent chance maybe that <laughs> like, well, it's funny, like when when Felix or no, Venetia dies and this happens when Felix dies as well. And he's just kind of engaging with the charade of it all. Like he's yeah. like he's he says something that doesn't have anything to do with the death that just like pretends that they're just eating lunch and having another normal conversation. And then even when James is trying to write him out, he's like, you need to go. He's like, oh, I think she needs me in this state. All he does is kind of mirror yeah. politeness and like these sort of trappings of polite society. Right. And like that works up until a point. But totally. at a certain point, like the other piece of it comes in, which is the leverage of money. And Sir James is just like, so you're not going to leave. And then it kind of cuts to yeah. like he's being cast out with all the servants sort of watching him, you know? Um, yeah. So I thought right. that was a really interesting thing where it's like, yeah, like he's masterminded the whole thing up to a certain point, but things have to break in his favor. I mean, that's the whole thing. I mean, I guess, sorry to go back to it. He says in his closing speech, he's like, you're all uh, sleeping dogs with your bellies up. Like you, you have no natural, like as if you have no natural predators, you know? Um, mm. So yeah. nothing has mm. to, re- like things break in his favor, but- Everyone in the like everyone in the family makes themselves so vulnerable to him that he's able to yes. take advantage. He's yeah. probably like, I can come back and do this whenever. They're not, yeah. <laughs> and and it's paced out where he's like, I'm not going to be suspected of any foul play here. You know, if he yeah. like takes his time with it. Um, he he destroy. I mean, he just he just destroys this entire family. You know, mm-hmm. including even Farley. Which once we get all the reveals of like he just, I don't know. During while you were watching, were you suspecting that Oliver was? behind everything with Farley that was behind yeah. the death of Felix like were you suspecting that not not uh, not behind, I don't think I suspected that he was behind the death of Felix because we find out that he poisoned the bottle right this mm-hmm. is what it's supposed right because he goes and vomits but really what's happening is and I think he's like making himself Puts throw up mm-hmm. right yeah uh, because he's trying to uh you know he's drinking the the bottle to make it seem like you know oh yeah you know it's just alcohol or whatever and throws up the poison himself um uh 
Uh, Another vomit for you, Edwin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Vomit, vomit counter vomit is off motif. the charts at this point. <laughs> yeah. You know, I really hadn't even thought of that until you mentioned it. You're absolutely right. There's a big... Yeah. There's it's a, a very big, big recurring image. The other one that I kind of latched onto, sorry, I feel like I'm jumping in on your point. No, go ahead. Should That's I, all right. Is, um, Mom talk. There's a I thing where it. they talk about... Uh, and, and admittedly, one thing I guess that colored my watching and my viewing of the movie is like a couple times during the movie, we had to pause for one reason or another, you know, get a drink, go to the bathroom, something like that. And when we paused, we would talk about the symbolism and like what we thought was going to happen, which I thought was kind of a fun thing to do during oh, this nice. movie. And one thing that I kind of latched onto was there's this story that they tell about Percy Shelley's doppelganger. And it's like the servant sees Percy Shelley's doppelganger through the window and Percy Shelley supposed to be in Italy and the servant dies right after. So there was something interesting about like being two-faced and having a doppelganger. And I always kind of thought that as soon as one thing that I noticed was that like, it's almost as soon as people saw the real Oliver, they died right away. So um, as Felix sort of realizes Oliver Mm. a little bit, he gets cast out as, uh, or no, sorry, Farley. That's as Farley gets cast out as Felix is like, I don't want to do anything with you. Yeah. Like I saw that you're a fake. He dies right after when Venetia's in the bathtub and she's like, this is what you are. You're this moth. You know, the little Oliver ways or whatever she says, Um, she dies right away, too. And then um, it happens a little bit with um, Rosamund Pike or I keep calling Elspeth. Granted, she's not conscious, but he basically here's my devious plan. Right. Uh, Yeah. He gives uh, the villain the bond. Yeah. The villain dump to her. And then she dies as well (laughs) because he, you know, unhooks her from all of her life support. And maybe another motif. Another vomit motif, ripping that tube. Yeah, the, out of her, the like, breathing tube yeah, or the feeding like, tube. Ugh, yeah. That was very. By the way, my wife well. is a is an emergency room nurse, and oh. she's like, the tubes are not like that. They're not that big. <laughs> <laughs> he like rips like a three foot tube out of her. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> not how it is. Uh, yeah, there's also uh, yeah, I guess I guess too like you know Sir James. I think I think that's his, I think I'm getting yeah, that right. I guess uh, that's is, true. Uh, the, oh, the, the last the last conversation they have, Sir James is kind of like. Hmm. You know, this guy is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're not gonna leave. Like, <laughs> I love. I love the. I love that phrasing. So you just. You're not gonna <laughs> <Yes>. go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Which that, know, in that moment, too. Oliver's like, if I just say this, you're so polite. What do you like? What are you gonna do about it? Well, he because he already saw with Pamela in the beginning yeah. of the movie that they all wanted her to go, and they waited until she was like, I think I found a place to live, and they're like, Oh, great! Then you should definitely leave. You know, there is this like sort yeah. of self-selecting thing where people who they bring in decide that they aren't worthy anymore and then leave them on their own, you know? Yeah. yeah. There's also sure. something to be said about Oliver arriving early and like the gates were unlocked, were still locked and stuff. And I don't know, like, uh, yeah, like, uh, yeah. And another, yeah. And, and when she calls him a moth, he's like, you're quiet is the other thing where he just yeah. sort of walks in unannounced and Duncan's like, we sent a car for you. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, sorry. yeah. Um, <laughs> can I just qu- really quick appreciation thread for Sir James? By far and away, my favorite character in the movie. Love the dad. He made me laugh every scene he was in. Um, I could uh, wear my armor. Yeah, yeah. He's talking about. <laughs> that was amazing. And the best. I my speech of armor. <laughs> and yeah. the greatest, the greatest during the karaoke scene, which I love the karaoke scene. And and he's like, I don't know the song. He's like, the words are on the screen. The dad just goes, that's the best bit. That's the best bit. <laughs> the dad We're is like, just like, karaoke, how charming, how wonderful. It's so great. <laughs> 
Speaking of like collecting people or like having people as toys, I think Benicia says like you're yeah. you know Felix gets bored of his toys. You like how the dad, all of his friends are named Henry. Like he has a party with all of his friends <laughs> named Henry. <laughs> yeah, Big sh- love Sir James. Yeah. Uh, played played by Richard E. Grant. I recently just rewatched Girls. This guy has a great <laughs> mm. oh. uh, role in in Girls as. Uh, as a Jessa's uh, drug addict friend, um, but yeah, I re- it, he any he relation did. to Hugh Grant because they kind of have a similar uh, kind of I... similar general shape, <laughs> <laughs> familial shape. Both British. Uh, mm-hmm. I gotta say too, um, uh, just 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 some some accuracy notes again. A couple things that took me out of the movie, like Superbad did not come out in two thousand six. Uh, that song they're doing in karaoke, the Flo Rida song that came out in like 2008. It was just, mm. just like, this is lazy. Like, but it was, <sighs> it was, I remember thinking about this too. And like wanting to look up when MGMT came out. Cause I remember thinking that, but it was like summer okay, 07, right. I guess. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I was kind of at with it. And, and look, I'm probably, apologies if I'm yeah. like defending this movie too much or like trying to stand up for everything. No, you're no, no, you're not. no, 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 no. But no, like, no. cause I thought about this too. Well, no, it's like welcome class of 06. And I, it's like hard to know if that means that it's the beginning is that they're coming in in the like the school year of 2006 or if like 2006 is that summer. Because if it's that right. summer, then it's like Superbad does come out, I guess. And then why would they have a video I mean, su- copy? I don't know. It came out in August. Yeah. I mean, I don't right. know if this is a British versus versus American thing. If you're class of 06, that's the year you graduate. Right. In, right. in here. Yeah. But right. but I but it was like the sign says class of 06 and they're freshmen and it is supposed to take place in 2006. Anyway, I assume they're they're incoming freshmen like, in fall of 06 and then here, the summer of 07. Right? So they're spending the summer yeah. of 07, which would track for the MGMT song. But again, mm-hmm. Superbad comes out in August at the end of the summer. Not the maybe. Hey, you know what, man? Maybe they get screeners just like our boy. I mean, Sean. Yeah, they're rich. <laughs> <laughs> but even that the karaoke song came out in like 2008. It was just like mm. it, was, it was like. This is easy. This is it's so easy to to not make that. There's so many other movies they could have watched, and I. I but it it just felt like, hey, remember 2006, 2007, mm-hmm. guys, um, with all the music and all the stuff. And maybe that's just me because I was uh, I was a senior in high school in 2006. Mm-hmm. So all this hit super hard, and maybe it's my own just. Uh, this is October 9th, like, 2007, for the Flo Rida song. But still, like it's like. It's so close, right? It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Again, after yeah, it's like that's not. And would it be on a karaoke system? A home? It's like no, mm-hmm. but whatever. It's a movie. Um. Anyways, those were just a couple accuracy notes I had. Other than that, though, I did enjoy the soundtrack. It was a f- wonderful trip down memory lane. Um, all the two thousand six ish of it. What uh, I, I this is <laughs> we're gonna try to establish these now playing episodes as sort of a mini sode. So I think for a while up, <laughs> coming up on the on the end of this one here. Um, but uh, but yeah, what uh, what anything else that we haven't mentioned uh, yet about this movie? I mean, the last thing that I would maybe say for me was uh, I mean, and look, I I think I have the most positive viewing of the three of us. But I love the last scene where he dances naked. I know it's kind of crazy, but I lo- I love that I it, it mirrored too. the intro scene. I love that he went backwards yeah. through the the hallway and that like, like with that. the montage and revealing everything, it just seems so much more weird, devious, calculated, like evil kind of stuff. And like the fact that he dug out all the rocks and put them on top of the. Uh, yeah, the dancing characters oh, was like yeah. that extra sort right. of twist of the knife that, like, man, it was so. And like, he's 
yeah, he's going backwards through this opulence that he was, you know, slowly guided through. And then at the end, like he's, um, yeah, it's just such a crazy scene to end with. Um, yeah. Wild. Yeah. And just, I mean, shout out to Barry Kogan, just full, full nudity, full frontal. And, and yeah, he for, goes hard. At Barry. This, uh, Which Oliver is that, field, you think? Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, well, that's a surprise. That's number five. Mm-hmm. Drops trow in the field. And uh, I like that that gets paid off later. You get to see that thing. Like, uh, <laughs> see that thing swing <laughs> you see uh, that thing um, uh yeah i mean look i i think uh you know you can kind of like pick apart the plot and and say you know we can say oh that i didn't buy this and this took me out of it but i think uh at the end of the day this movie is is a lot of fun yeah. uh I, as a as a fan of euphoria uh, which is kind of a show that's been described as, you know, a music video in television in, in, as a television show. Like this is a bit of it kind of has that energy. It's like there are some, you know, really cool, really attractive things in the in the movie. And and um, yeah, it just kind of uh, I mean, I think that I'll I'll certainly like remember this movie. And I think people are going to talk. I think yeah. it's going to be in the zeitgeist for a, for a while and it's going to be mm-hmm. referenced a lot. Um, so I think it's, uh, I think that personally I would give this movie, I think I'd give this movie f- four stars. I think I'd say that, uh, which is what I like to say was like, you know, it's a good movie and you should see it if you can. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I would, <laughs> I gave it a rating out of 10 okay. on a, <laughs> on like a 0.0 scale okay. <laughs> to give more <laughs> flexibility. And I gave it a 7.4. Out of hmm. ten, so I don't know where that ranks on the stars. We can all have our different ranking Let's methods. Do a three and a half star. Sure. Well, I'll give it thumbs Something up like then, that. just to keep things consistent. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, One thumbs up or two. <laughs> I, I like, let's never use the same rating scale. That's our yeah. new bit on this show. Um, I, you know, it's funny. It's like I, I think it's in. I mean, Rotten Tomatoes has this at a 71. I think that's a pretty good yeah. barometer for this movie. I'm kind of in like yeah. I maybe since I, I give it 7.5 into eight, yeah, 7.5, I guess. Um, <laughs> I, I really liked it. Uh, and I, it's funny, this movie can be super polarizing. I can see how this movie can be super polarizing. And I think there'd be a lot of, I can see a lot of reasons, uh, some of which Alex, you brought up, some of which might probably come from the sort of shocking nature of a lot of the different scenes. There were more than three, to be fair. Um, and so it's, I'm really interested to hear what people think about it. I'm, I'm curious to hear what more people think yeah. of it. Um, and I guess one thing I wanted to mention is I think like the end being like this sort of like, now nah, he was evil and he just wanted it all for himself ending, I think was more effective than some of the other possibilities that could have happened with this movie. Like, yeah, that's know. true. Like, that's true. It's easy to not think or it's easy to forget this in hindsight. But like when I was watching the movie, it's kind of like, is Saltburn like some mystical place or like is the family some kind of thing? And like it's way more effective to just be like, nah, he was he was after them the whole time. I had a hot second on his birthday when he kind of got lost in the maze looking for Mm -hmm. Felix when it was going to be a shining ending when he was Mm going to like pass out in the maze and choke on his own vomit and die. I was like, oh, geez. But um, I agree with you, Edwin. I do tend to. I like when movies where the the bad guy wins or the evil wins. I don't know what that says about me, but I always find it just more interesting <laughs> when when that wins in the end. And for, you know, for everything I said that I didn't like about this movie, look, the movie was really well made. It looked great. It was really fun. I'm going to remember it. That like owes itself to like it's that's where I like base level. It's a good movie because like I'm not going to forget it. 
and it was really fun to watch. Uh, even though I had some issues with the storytelling, I had some issues with with some of the the writing decisions. But like, who, who am I? I? I think I think if I heard you're Alex, my if I if I heard my own criticism to this movie <laughs> without seeing it, I would probably be like, this guy fucking this guy so stuffy. <laughs> the fuck does he think he is? So you know, whatever. For all those times I rolled my eyes during the movie, hey, it was. It was fun. This would be really. This is really fun to watch with other people. I would say highly recommended to watch with other people. Maybe yes. not alone. Not your yeah, family, <laughs> or not, not like your, your family. Some people yeah, might want to watch alone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll also, I mean, this movie is hot AF. You know, it's. <laughs> I mean, you got so you, Sean. I mean, people cannot. It's undeniable just how attractive Jacob Lordy is, and and you know, I hadn't even really thought about Barry Keoghan in that Dude. way. Until this is my last question. The last question I wrote down is Barry Kagan hot? Yeah, I mean, I I would I would give him yes. He doesn't. I think I will say though he doesn't look as young as he's supposed to be. In I know that's the thing. He's like it's kind of like Tobey Maguire and Spider Man vibes. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I know Barry Kagan's thirty one and he's playing a eighteen to nineteen year old. You can see it. He's got the crow's feet kind of. You know. You know what? I don't care. That happens, though, when you look through a lot of windows, even at a young age. <laughs> yeah. Squinting through. It wasn't until it wasn't the until the first scene he has out by the statue with Valencia. Uh, Venetia. Or sorry, Venetia. Um, it wasn't until the first scene where he kind of is just in like that robe towel. And I was like, oh, shit, dude. Barry, Barry <laughs> Keoghan's kind of hot. Mm-hmm. Didn't think that before this, but uh, OK, uh, good for him. It's hard for, I mean, then, I know that like you're talking about, it's hard for me to separate him from this role because I don't know him from any of the things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, so it's kind of hard for me to like picture him in this way. I mean, yeah. just compare this directly to Banshees of Inishurin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there know, goes sorry. that dream. Yeah. You would yeah. not even think <laughs> twice about him. Okay. Um, I will say too, like, how much are you guys up on like the lore around this movie? Like, you know, uh, have you like, uh, they, they were out doing their kind of press for this movie. And there's a very, very famous uh, clip of them sort of sitting in these director's chairs. And Barry Kogan has like a, a cup on the ground and he's too short to reach it. And Jacob Elordi reaches down like he's just so long and he just reaches down and gets Barry's cup for him and pats him on the knee. And everyone is just like, oh, my God. <laughs> What's the lore? What's the I mean, lore I'm there? just telling you, this one little clip of <laughs> Jacob Elordi picking up Barry Kogan's cup for him. We all know this fable has, tale that has been passed he, down from generation mm-hmm. to generation. And then what, Barry Kogan sniffs his chair seat afterwards or what? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's all there is to it. <laughs> uh, uh Nah, well, um, uh, there you have it for our first now playing uh, minisode. Yeah. Uh, we do now have an episode. Uh, uh, sorry, an email address. So uh, we'd love to yeah. hear your thoughts about Saltburn and your reactions to it. You can email us at captiveaudiencepod at gmail dot com. Captiveaudiencepod at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. Captiveaudiencepod at gmail dot com. All right. And if you like The Office, check out our other podcast, The Michael Scott Podcast Company. Mm-hmm. Where there are literally hundreds of episodes at your fingertips. <laughs> we're uh, to bring it back to captive audience. We're we're very excited to uh, to to start this show. This is episode three, technically, uh, and this is the first Point of five. our yeah now playing sort of mini shows. We're just going to begin a 
reacting to stuff as it comes out, uh, popular movie stuff that kind of captures public attention. Um, so we're excited to keep going with that. We're excited for our episodes where we're going to be reacting and watching uh, maybe older movies, classic movies that we may have missed. Um, so uh, just appreciate everyone listening and coming along for the journey. Uh, send us an email and uh, just appreciate everyone listening. Yeah. Next week and- is uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So uh, ch- go yeah. ahead and give that a watch. Uh, mm-hmm. It's up on Disney+. Plus. Disney Plus. I've never our, seen uh, it before. I will be seeing it for the first time. And uh, uh, yeah, if you can, get a, everyone... Get a next time you take a shower or bath, just grab a little measuring cup, get about a half cup of your bath water, and go ahead and send it to us uh, so we can slurp it up. Discretion. <laughs> Do you think New that episodes... was the salt burn? Like the salt of his bath water is kind of burning in his mouth. All right, sorry. Ooh, burn. <laughs> um, one last note the, uh, the sort of regular plan feeds for reacting to these movies will be coming out bi weekly, and these little mini sodes yeah. will be coming out. Um, ad hoc as a, as a time allows or as a, the movie watching pop culture zeitgeist demands yeah yeah so and help us stay up on uh, on what we should be doing the now playings on give us give us some suggestions so uh so thanks for listening and uh we'll catch you next week the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.